And in the hour ahead, Monitor presents a special birthday salute to Groucho Marx, who observed his 68th birthday this week. You'll hear special greetings from his family and from many of his famous friends. Some rare highlights from a career in entertainment that dates way back to 1906 when he was a boy soprano. And some wise and witty comments from our guest of honor himself. <laughs> Groucho was born on the 2nd of October, 1895, in New York City, the son of a Yorkville tailor. His given name, Julius Henry Marks, but we all know him better as just Groucho. Beloved Groucho, then, enemy of the pompous and master of the sharp comic thrust, a veteran entertainer in every medium from vaudeville to video. And here's Groucho to tell us how it all began. I went in show business because I didn't want to go to school. My first appeared, I sang on a, on a beer keg in Coney Island, for which I got a dollar, for which I bought a dollar's worth of ice cream, and I was sick for two weeks after that. You get an awful lot of ice cream in those days for a dollar. And then, I was a choir singer when I was 14 in the Protestant church on Madison Avenue in New York. I got a dollar every Sunday for singing there until my voice changed. Well, I'd been in the choir and I'd been on a beer keg. Then I saw an ad in the New York World, which is now defunct. It said there was a boy wanted, a boy singer for a vaudeville act. The man who had put the ad in the paper, his name was Leroy. And I pushed the button and he opened the door. So he says, go up on the roof, which was the next floor. And when I got up there, there were 40 gammons, just about my size and age. He eventually came up. He said, I want all the tap dancers on this side, all the singers on this side. And he had all the singers sing. And uh, I sang uh, the Palms. That's a, a religious song that I had sung in the Protestant church. Jerusalem, Jerusalem, lift up your gates and sing Who the highest to the side. I don't remember it anymore. He says, that's great, we'll use that in the act. So um, I was engaged, and he says, we're going to open the uh, week after next. No, he says, how much am I going to get? He says, you're going to get $4 a week and your room and board. 
So the day of our departure, my mother took me to the Pennsylvania station with a shoebox this big full of bananas and hard-boiled eggs, pumpernickel, cheese, butter. I didn't know that there were Pullmans on a train, that you could go into a dining car and eat, but uh, it wouldn't have done me any good because there wasn't that much money for even one of us to eat in there, much less three. And after two and a half days, we got to Grand Rapids, and we played an amusement park there. Well, the opening performance, the act consisted of uh, the three of us coming out in women's clothes with picture hats on, and we sang, I wonder what's the matter with the mail that never was so late before. I've been up since seven bells and nothing slipped under my door. Then after that, we went off. Then I put on an altar boy's outfit and I sang Jerusalem. Then after that, the boy came out and did a tap dance and one of his tap shoes flew out. They apparently were too big for him, flew out in the audience. And uh, at the end of the engagement, the manager fined us $5 because the boy's shoe had uh, flown off in, into the audience. That's how it started in show business. I just sang and was glad to get off alive. <laughs> Years later, no longer a boy soprano, Groucho performed a song whose lyrics and mood were perfect for him. It, as a matter of fact, became his musical signature, Hooray for Captain Spaulding, from the 1930 movie... Animal crackers. At last we are to meet him, the famous Captain Spaulding. So climate hot and scalding, the captain has arrived. Hello, I must be going. I cannot stay, I came to say I must be going. I'm glad I came, but just the same, I must be going. For my sake, you must stay. If you should go away, you'll spoil the party I am throwing. I'll stay a week or two. I'll stay the summer through. But I am telling you, I must be uh, going. Before you go, will you oblige us and tell us all? Your teeth so glowing. I'll do anything you say. In fact, I'll even stay. Good. But I must be going. Hooray for Captain Spaulding, the African explorer. Did someone call me Schnarra? Hooray, hooray, hooray. He went into the jungle where all the monkeys throw nuts. If I stay here, I'll go nuts. Hooray, hooray, hooray. I put all my reliance in courage and defiance and risk my life for science. Hey, hey! One day in Madagascar, he bagged a dozen weasels. Yes, and all of them had measles. Hooray, hooray, hooray! A chimpanzee once, so close I felt his breath. The creature looked at me once and laughed himself to death. Hooray for Captain Spaulding! That's me! One day I caught an eagle, too big for me to tote. I changed him for a sparrow, a jackass, and a goat. Hooray for Captain Spaulding! That's me! One day a vicious monkey chased me a mile or two. I hid behind a donkey, the donkey fainted too. 
Hooray for Captain Spaulding. That's me. I had a guy named Tita. He lent me his repeater. I brought down a mosquito. Hey, hey. Hooray for Captain Spaulding, the African explorer. Hooray, hooray, hooray. The first day I arrived in Africa... Hooray for Captain Spaulding, the African explorer. Hooray, hooray, hooray. The first day I arrived in Africa... Hooray for Captain Spaulding, the African explorer. Hooray, hooray, hooray. The first day I arrived... Hooray for Captain... Fooled you that time, didn't I? Hooray, Anyone who's ever worked with Groucho readily admits to a deep respect for his talent and ability. Listen now to a gentleman who should know. How do you do, ladies and gentlemen? This is Bob Hope, and I'm very happy about being invited uh, to participate in Groucho Marx's birthday party. But uh, I think I enjoyed Groucho the most when we did the Victory Caravan back in 1942 when we were selling bonds across the country in about 25, 26 cities. And... uh, it was amazing. The train got, oh, we stopped in Washington, which was our first stop, and they had a tremendous crowd cheering everybody that got off the train. And when Groucho got off, nobody recognized him because he didn't have his mustache or cigar. So he just climbed down the other end of the car, put on his mustache, put the cigar in his mouth, got down on the crouch, got off, and got a tremendous hand. Then he sat in the back of this limousine waiting to drive to the hotel, and he was sitting next to this woman who was the society leader of Washington at the time. And as Charlotte Greenwood got off the train and did a big high kick and got applause, he nudged this society leader and said, you can do that too if you put your mind to it. These are lines that I remember. Then, of course, when we had the reception at the White House in the garden, they had this famous band there with the red coats on. And after Groucher heard him play one number, he turned to Mrs. Roosevelt and said, did you capture those kids at Valley Forge? But uh, this is the type of humor that uh, he gives out all the time and, uh, and a guy we need badly in our world. And I just hope he stays with us for another, uh, how many is it? 68, huh? Well, he's one of my favorites among the older guys. And Groucho, congratulations. Have a lot more of these. Thank you, Bob. Just a few seconds here to remind you that Monitor reaches people all over America on NBC Radio. In southern Minnesota, they hear us on KROC Rochester. Wherever you are, stay tuned for more of our special birthday salute to Groucho Marx here on the Monitor Beacon. I'm Dr. Hackenbush, which all my friends will verify. Well, anyways, ladies and gentlemen, I am Dr. Hackenbush. He's Dr. Hackenbush. I'm Dr. Hackenbush. You never would guess, but nevertheless, I'm Dr. Hackenbush. For ailments abdominal, my charges are nominal. Though I'm great for, I've a rate for tonsillectomy. Sick and healthy, poor and wealthy, come direct to me. Oh, God bless you, they yell, when I send them home well. But they never, no, they never send a check to me. I've won a claim for curing ills, both in the north and south. You'll find my name just like my pills in everybody's mouth. I've never lost a case. He's never lost a case. I've lost a lot of patients, but I've never lost a case.
You're back with Monitor, continuing our birthday salute to Groucho Marx. Each of the Marx brothers was given his own uniquely personal nickname, of course. You know, they weren't just selected haphazardly, either. Groucho explains it this way. Well, Harpo got his name because, uh, obviously, he played the harp. And Gummo got his name because uh, he got a pair of rubbers on his 13th birthday, and he would never wear them unless it was dry. He got them to wear in the snow and the rain. But he wouldn't wear them, any, so we called him Gumshoe for a while, and then we shortened it to Gummo. Chico's name came because uh, in those days, a fellow who chased girls was called a chicken chaser, and we called him Chico. And Zeppo was born when the first Zeppelin came over to America. That's how he got his name. And I got my name from that cartoon strip, Groucho the Monk. Originally, I wore a pasted-on mustache. And we were playing the Keats Theater, and we went out to uh, eat dinner around 6 o'clock. We did a show at 2 o'clock, and we did one at 5, and we did one around 6.30. So after the 6.30 show, we'd rush out to eat because we had another show at 9.30. So we were a little late getting back, and our curtain music was just playing as we walked in the theater. So I didn't have time to paste this on, so I took some black grease paint, and I went like this. And like this. And we did the act, and I found out the laughs were just the same in the same places and just as loud as though I'd worn the, the hairy mustache. So the manager came back. His name was Quinn, fighting Irishman. He came back after the performance, and he said, Look, you played the palace last week, and you wore a regular mustache. Yeah. And we're paying you the same money that you got paid at the palace, and I want the same mustache. Oh, so we chased him out of the room and ignored him, and that was the finish of the uh, hairy mustache, and the painted mustache was much easier. And it has since become an indelible symbol of Groucho's. For further proof of how Harpo Marx got his famous first name, listen now as he plays Honeysuckle Rose.
The humor of Groucho Marx is the exclusive property of the man himself. Steve Allen's birthday message to Groucho contains an accurate definition of it. It's naturally impossible to say in just a few seconds why Groucho Marx is funny, particularly when you spend uh, practically all of the time available pointing out that it's impossible in such a short time to point out why Groucho Marx is funny. So I'll solve this problem by taking a little more time. I guess Groucho's two uh, highest cards are his delivery and his wit. Everybody appreciates the fact that he's one of the wittiest men of this or any other time. But uh, probably not as many people appreciate the fact that what he says, funny as it is, always seems even funnier because of the way he says it. He has a sort of a sneaky, quiet way of delivering a joke, which, in contrast to uh, what you might conclude from the style of other comedians, uh, is actually the perfect vehicle for the delivery of... Groucho's great uh, and machine gun gags. He's a great man. I'm very proud to uh, uh, be an admirer of his and very proud to be his friend. Another friend now and another greeting with just the faintest hint of an ulterior motive, Jack Benny. Hello, Groucho. Happy birthday and many more. Please consider this an exchange. I'm sending you this greeting and expect you to do a bit on my television show. We'll only need you for two rehearsals. <laughs> you may have noticed that no fee was ever mentioned. Until now, we haven't heard a great deal about the Marx Brothers as an act, a single unit, a team. But Groucho recalls some warm and wonderfully humorous memories of how the group was assembled. My mother decided that since you could get $25 a week for, for one son, you could probably get $50 a week for two. So she put Gummo in the act. Well, we needed somebody else if we were going to make a singing trio. So she engaged a girl, but she was always a little off-key. She could sing on key up until the finish of the song. But when you're singing harmony, it doesn't do harmony much good if one is in a different key at the finish. But we worked a whole season with her, and the act was called The Three Nightingales. We opened it on the big time with this act at Keith's Theater in Boston. In the opening performance, she went off key. So we got rid of her, and uh, then we decided to make it a quartet. So we got a... By this time, all our voices were changing. So we got a fellow from Brooklyn, had a wonderful voice. Then we put... Uh, Harpo in the act. He was a bellboy at the Seville Hotel on the east side of New York, and he, he used to get a quarter every day for taking Sissy Loftus's dog for a walk around the around the block. One day the dog got loose and ran away, and uh, Harpo was fired from the hotel. Now he didn't have any job, so my mother says, well, since he isn't working, we'll put him in the act too. So we decided that since we couldn't sing very well anymore, because our voices were all changing, we tried to put some comedy in the act. Finally got so that we didn't rely on the singing, which was a pretty shrewd thing to do, but we relied on the comedy. Then we put a song in the act to finish the act. This is one of those songs that, it was called Peasy Weezy, and you would sing, a, each one would sing a line, like, the face boy would sing, 
Way down by the sad seaside, and Gamma would sing, sat two lovers side by side, and Hoppo would sing, first he sighed, and then she sighed, and then I'd sing, and then they both sighed side by side, and then we'd sing, Peasy Weezy, what's his name? Peasy Weezy, Peasy Weezy, what's his game? He will catch you if he can. Peasy Weezy, Peasy is a bold bad man, and we'd exit. And I'd stick my head out to the audience while the other three are off stage and I'd say, Ma, this is really begging for it, you know, and they'd applaud and we'd come out again. And we'd do about ten, ten voices. Uh, well, then the war came and Gummo uh, was called up. We were in the draft. We hadn't been called yet. Chico and I were eventually called up and both uh, rejected for eyes. They put us in another category, which they would eventually use us if necessary, but we weren't called up. Then we put Chico in the act. Chico was then working at a place where they manufactured toilet paper. He never brought his salary home, and my father would uh, would give him a pretty good licking with a hairbrush. He was earning $3 a week and never brought it home. So the third week, my father says, if you don't bring that $3 home this week, I'm going to kill you. Well, they had a crap game in the cellar of this place he was working at. Four or five of the boys. And Chico lost each week. So the third week, he was afraid to go home. He'd again lost the three bucks. He took a package of toilet paper. It came in, looked almost like a bale of cotton, except it was in paper. It didn't weigh much, but it was huge. And he got this on the elevator train where he was working up to our house. And my father was waiting for him. My father says, what do you got there? He says, well, Pop, he said, uh, they had a sale on toilet paper down there. And uh, it was so cheap that I couldn't resist it. And I bought $3 with the toilet paper. <laughs> Wonderful example there of the Marx family instinct for the ludicrous, the incredible, the bizarre. The same instinct, as a matter of fact, that made their brand of comedy wild, explosive, and quite different. And right here, some brotherly birthday greetings to Groucho. Groucho, this is Zeppo. I want to wish you a very happy birthday. And if you should need a straight man, I'm still available. Best of luck. This is Gummo. Congratulations on your birthday, Groucho. On your 61st, 62nd, 63rd, 64th, and 65th, choose one. Hopper also wants to say happy birthday. Monitor, extending our own birthday salute to Groucho Marx. There's much more in the next half hour. You'll hear Groucho's comments on Broadway, the movies, and television. More of his famous friends will add their best wishes and personal greetings 
and some of Groucho's funniest guest appearances on radio will be recreated. So stay with us for all of it. This is Jim Lowe, back in just a few moments. Monitor, going your way on the NBC radio network. This is Jim Lowe welcoming you to part two of Monitor's Birthday Salute to Groucho Marx. moment, Groucho tells us about the Marx Brothers on Broadway and in the movies. One of the classic Marx Brothers films was their 1930 frolic entitled Animal Crackers, and this was one of the featured musical numbers. people who performed in Marx Brothers movies idolized Groucho and the boys. One of these is Margaret Dumont, the big dowager-type woman 
who was constantly cast as Groucho's foil. She has some very special memories first. Then two other co-stars, who will identify themselves, also remember their movie moments with the Marxes. Hello, Groucho. This is Margaret Dumont. Maggie to you. I want to wish you a happy birthday with good health, happiness, and prosperity in the years to come. At this time, I would like to say my association with you, Harpo and Chico, was a happy one. My love to you and all the boys. Uh, this is Alan Jones. Groucho, I don't want to wish you a happy birthday and also tell you how grateful I am for the chance of working in my first picture with you at Metro-Golden-Mayer in A Night at the Opera. Groucho, I hope that you'll be before the public for many, many years because I know you feel as I do that it's a privilege to be able to take people out of this humdrum world, even for a moment. And may you have many, many happy birthdays. Hi there, Groucho. This is me, your little tap-dancing friend, Ann Miller. Do you remember a picture we did together called Room Service? Well, I had a ball in that picture. In fact, I had a ball with all four of you. But I remember that I told you a secret. Probably the biggest secret I ever told anyone in my whole life and you didn't give me away. I told you my real age. I was only 14 years old, and no one on the RKO lot knew it. In fact, if they had found it out, I probably wouldn't have had a contract with them, and you never would have seen one Annie Miller uh, in the many pictures I did thereafter. But Groucho, you're a great guy, and you kept my secret. I had a ball in the picture, and I only wish that I could have done many more with you, and maybe, who knows, in the future, we will. But happy, happy birthday, and many, many more to come. Love and kisses from Ann Miller. How did the brothers themselves feel about their early work on stage and later on the screen? Well, Groucho sums it up very honestly. We were scared of Broadway, but Chico was always the Navy one. He says, look, we're better than half the shows that are on Broadway. And Hopper and I were always scared. We didn't think that we could make it. Well, we did. We opened at the Casino Theater on Broadway, and it was a tremendous success with our first Broadway play. It was called I'll Say She Is. That was a current expression at that time. You know, you'd say a girl would walk down the street and you'd say, boy, she's good-looking. And the fellow would say, I'll say she is. That was considered pretty hot stuff in those days. And after that, we did animal coconuts, and after that, animal crackers. And after coconuts, Paramount got interested uh, seeing us on the stage in coconuts, and we uh, signed up with Paramount. And then we went out west and did coconuts as a movie, and animal crackers, and duck soup, and horse feathers, and monkey business, and... That's how we got uh, into the movies. A movie starring the Marx Brothers always had plenty of laughs, girls, and music. Here's a medley of four hit songs from the films Animal Crackers, Monkey Business, and A Night at the Opera. <laughs> Trousers, baggy, and 
our clothes look raggy, but we're up and ready. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Garters are the thing we never wear, and we haven't any use for red hot flannel. Very, very seldom in a hurry. Never ever worry. We're collegiate, yes sir. The humor of Groucho Marx rocked millions with laughter across the country during some of his guest appearances on radio. For instance, that night with Rudy Valley and John Barrymore. Oh, uh, Groucho, in that play of yours, uh, couldn't you use uh, the leading man? <laughs> No, John. Uh, I'm uh, I'm playing the uh, I'm playing the lead myself. Rudy, is my profile on straight? Very, very handsome, mighty handsome. So you're Broadway bound, eh, Groucho? Yes, I'm leaving town. I like it better that way. By the great show of Groucho, it's now <laughs> Well, to get back to the script, yes, as I, I'm leaving town immediately after this program. That's not a bad idea for all of us. And <laughs> <laughs> the time, in the time he teamed up with Oscar Levant and Al Jolson. What's going on here, Oscar? Look, 
Groucher wants to team us as man and wife so we can answer some quiz questions. If you're around Jolson long enough, you have to marry him. <laughs> well, Jolson will be the husband because he's the oldest. Uh, oldest and... <laughs> I was thinking of the jokes. Yeah. <laughs> and, Levant, you'll be the wife because you're the shabbiest. Well, look, wait a minute. <laughs> now, before we get to the questions, I want to interview you lovebirds. Jolson, how did you meet this little sweetie pie? Well, I met her during fire prevention week. She was on fire at the time I came along and she was put out. <laughs> and you always were a big squirt. Well... <laughs> Choose a category and I'll ask you some questions. Well, what about the money you pay? I knew if anyone brought up that nasty subject, it would be you. <laughs> the way it works, I give you $20 to start and you bet any amount. We'll take the musical category. That's right. And we'll let the money ride on every question. All right. Now, see if you know the name of this song. When there are gray skies, I don't mind the gray skies. I love you so, yatta boy. <laughs> Got it like that. Stormy weather. You had a swan it was something else. But these guys know more about music than I do. All right, you have $40. Next question. Why didn't Schubert finish his symphony? He was afraid Jolson would sing it. Even icy mannered Tallulah defrosted when Groucho was around. Well, look who's here. Hello, who are you? Groucho Marx. You're Groucho Marx? I always thought I was Groucho Marx. Oh, come now, I'm not Groucho. You know who I am, don't you? I'll take a wild guess. Chico? <laughs> no, sweetheart. Harpo? No, darling. Am I warm? No, darling. You know, I've had that same complaint lately from all women. <laughs> My name is Tallulah. A phony name, have I ever heard of it? Tallulah Bankhead Groucho. Oh, Tallulah Bankhead Groucho. <laughs> no, you tickle me. That's a date. What are you doing after the show? Even greater triumphs in radio and in television lay ahead for Groucho. You'll hear some of them, along with Groucho's candid comments on television, in just one minute, here on the Monitor Beacon. Today, Father, is Father's Day And we're giving you a tithe It's not much we know It's just our way of showing you We think you're a regular guy you say that it was nice of us to bother, but it really was a pleasure to fuss. For according to our mother, you're our father, and that's good enough for us. Monitor 63 and Jim Lowe, ready to continue our birthday salute to Groucho Marx.
Groucho and television marked a perfect wedding of talent and medium. His quick wit, irreverence, and mastery of the unexpected remark helped to mature TV. Groucho still feels strongly about it. Today in television, people are so afraid about anything that uh, had any social significance of any kind. They're terrified. The sponsors are terrified. The agencies are scared. Everybody is scared. And still, once in a while, a fellow like Mozart comes along, or Bob Newhart, and they talk freely about everything, and they don't get any great avalanche of letters of protest. But uh, terror is one of the words that is crept into television is very hard to remove. I think it's getting a little better now, but sponsors are very, very nervous about anything that is a little apart from uh, the norm. I know in that quiz show I did, I did all kinds of things and said all kinds of things. We never got any letters of protest or indignation. People accepted it for what it was supposed to be funny, that's all. And uh, that's one of the things that television needs, is more freedom and liberty of the spoken word. But I think it's coming in the last few years. I think there's more of it now. And to illustrate the point, a brief excerpt here from just one of Groucho's You Bet Your Life shows. Now, Marie, where are you from? St. Louis, Missouri. St. Louis Mo, huh? Mm-hmm. What sort of work does your husband do? A move man. He's a move man? Mm-hmm. Is that anything like a moving man? Absolutely. Oh, well, which moving man is he? Is he the big husky fella that carries the lamp, or is he the little skinny guy who carries the piano? He's a husky one. He is, huh? Eh? Mm-hmm. How much does he weigh? Oh, I think about 156, somewhere like that. <laughs> I didn't pin him down to it. Well, if he only weighs 156, he must be in pretty good shape. Is he unusually strong? He's strong, all right, but yet he's weak, too. Well, all men are. Well, in what way is he weak? You mean morally? His back is running out on him. His back is running out? <laughs> well, where is it running? I mean, you any idea? <laughs> well, he's got some vertebrae that are not working like they should. Oh. Well, I'm sorry to hear that. <laughs> Isn't that a handicap in the moving business to have uh, some weak vertebrae? Oh, well, I help him. You help him? What, sure, what every mean? night. Every night you yeah. help him? Well, that's a good wife. What do you do for him every night? Press the vertebrae. What do you mean? He lies down on a... He lies in the bed and on his stomach and you I... press it with a hot iron? No, with my hand. I feel them out, and then I go whack. Feel them out. Every night you whack his vertebrae? Isn't that a lovely title for a love song? Every night I whack his vertebrae. Cracho's television associates expressed the same respect and admiration for him as the Broadway movie and radio fraternity. This is John Goodell. Sixteen years ago, I saw Bob Hope and Groucho on a radio show, and they were reading scripts. And Bob dropped his, so Groucho dropped his, and they started ad-libbing. I realized this was the guy for me. After it was over, I went up to him and 
introduced myself and said, how would you like to do a quiz show? He said, I've failed four times already on the radio. I'll try anything. That was 16 years ago, and we've been partners ever since. Happy birthday, Groucho. And the man who stood next to Groucho, week after week, announcer George Fenneman. You know, in retrospect, the um, 16 years I spent with the kindly quiz master on You Bet Your Life seemed more like 16 minutes. There was always something happening on the show, and very often it was happening to me. A lady strongman holding me above her head, and she wouldn't put me down. Contestants with bullwhips snapping cigarettes out of my mouth, being hit on the head with a duck, and Groucho trying to marry me off to innumerable female guests, in spite of the fact that I have three kids and a wife of my own. And, of course, the constant barbs. But, you know, I wouldn't trade those years for anything. It was really an education. So, on Groucho's birthday, to paraphrase the words of the immortal barb, send up three dozen roses to Groucho Marx and write, I love you, on the back of the bill. It's better if you see my eyebrows move. Actually, uh, happy birthday, Groucho, and hope you have many more. Groucho's vitality and enthusiasm for life and people is pretty boundless, just like his energy. This month, in fact, his new book will be published. It's titled Memoirs of a Mangy Lover. Groucho's family memoirs, however, far from being mangy, contain a philosophical wisdom that's pretty rare today and reflects a happy, healthy childhood. Never quarreled. In all our years, we were together. We happened to like each other. It's like the mother and father bit, you know. 75% of the people who go to an analyst, uh, their first statement is, uh, I hated my mother or I hated my father or hated somebody, my child or something. We never hated our mother and father. We never hated our brothers. We always had a wonderful time together. And that wonderful warmth is evident in his own family today. His wife, Eden, expresses her feelings. Well, on Groucho's birthday, he um, he really doesn't uh, like to make a big to-do or a party of it. Uh, he'll have his close family and uh, go out to dinner or have them here. And uh, we all give him presents, and he promptly returns them because <laughs> you just can't buy for Groucho. Uh, sometimes... On one of the brothers' birthdays, we would get together, either in Palm Springs or here, um, for more or less of a party, but it's sort of a family affair. And uh, when they'd get together, they would start reminiscing, and it would become hysterical, really, because it's the only time I've really seen uh, he or the brothers really laugh, you know, and it was from reminiscing. He doesn't really laugh at other comics or... Uh, jokes that he has made, but in reminiscing, the brothers all seem to, uh, never seen them so cute and hysterical, you know. Uh, Groucho, I'll make this very short and probably very cliched, but happy birthday, and I love you very much. Daughter Melinda Marks, and her special birthday greeting to Daddy Groucho. Happy birthday, Daddy, I love you quite a while. Well, it would take all of Monitor's weekend hours, and more, to add the birthday wishes of Groucho's countless friends, admirers and just plain people whose lives have been brightened for so many years by the magic of his humor. Monitor joins these millions in saying simply and sincerely, Happy Birthday, Groucho.
This is Jim Lowe. Stay tuned now for NBC Monitor News on the Hour. World Series game number four from Los Angeles tomorrow on the World Series Network, NBC Radio.